evening and welcome to the Desi Sportscast football show and I'm glad we're talking about football because in the morning I was talking about cricket and boy that's been a long week and a depressing week but it's always good to have Nevin he cheers me up all the time every time he comes on the show and I can speak to him hello my friend how are you all good all good brothers how are you I'm okay. Like I said, uh, recovering from the debacle that's happening in Dubai at the moment. Uh, but uh, yeah, it also gave me an insight into how, well, not an insight. It's not the first time. But after the match, I saw some of the Indian news channels and the, oh my God, the overreaction. Uh, well, welcome, uh, welcome to our lives. This is our everyday life now. It's like it's like we're not even surprised the way the media is reacting, the way Twitter is reacting. Uh, the country is. Um, this is the same big, yeah, team that we sad. were lauding uh, last year for the incredible performance in Australia, uh, incredible performance in England against uh, yeah. uh, the home nation in a couple of test matches. Yeah, we lost the World Test Championship and. But the overreaction is an extreme level, um, and it's. I, I said it in the cricket show this morning that uh, you know, I it's just too much. I, I switched off, and uh, no matter what the result on, well, I might see what the reaction is if we win because it'll be the other way around. Um, but uh, it's it's a it's it's a terrible state because uh, it, it's it's so overboard it's it makes you feel even worse and angry but anyway enough of cricket talk yeah. how are you all good all good a uh, couple of projects being out i mean going outside shooting stuff and good um yeah i mean just staying away from uh, sports and doing a lot of other stuff recently in the last uh, few weeks it's been nice and just go getting back into the rhythm of working i don't know when i'm not working but just good. I mean, I, I like the fact that I'm occupied. I, I like the fact that after the call, I need to jump for something else. I think your hobby is working. So um, yeah. whenever you're not working, you're working. Uh, but to more um, serious matters, uh, how 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 is uh, the state? I know you've had you've been ter- had terrible floods and um, what have you. How how are things uh, around you and generally? Um, the flood scene is not uh, is no longer an issue. I mean, I mean, I think it's an like it's an issue throughout the year now because I think the last three years have shown that uh, climate change is very real. I think climate crisis is very real, and the geography of Kerala, which is what makes it very unique and beautiful, is that it's a very it's a slope from the uh, from the west to the east. It's a it's a it's a very strong slope. So that's the reason why you can have um, you know uh, sunrise in the um, at the mountains and have a sunset in the uh, in the beach because it's all very close by but that means we are also you know uh, very prone to landslides and things like that and for years we've been looting the environment doing illegal stuff uh, not caring about science um, and, and and I don't mean just making buildings or hotels or roads we're also talking about the wrong kind of trees being planted um, you know, so it's, it's it's years of unscientific work that has gone in, apart from obviously the human encroachment into all these spaces. So I think we've reached a tipping point. I think we've crossed the tipping point. I think we have crossed. Now we're, yeah, we've crossed a tipping point. So now I think we all live in danger. Of, uh, we don't know what is going to happen. All these cloud bursts happening every now and then. It's almost become what it's been, um, what, five, six years since that major cloud burst happened in Uttarakhand. I think it was happening, mm. I think in 2014 yeah. that it happened. 
and and i remember reading multiple explainers on what is a cloud burst how it happens and now every rain is a cloud burst it, it's like that so it's become a reality in what six years and this is what we are looking at uh, and say in the next three years is going to be way more significant than the last six years uh, because this is how you know these things happen exponentially it doesn't happen in a very gradual pace so we're looking for like we're looking forward to a very uh, troubled times and we don't see the politician we don't see the capitalists we don't see anyone taking remotely any interest in uh, you know in at least encouraging conversations forget actual um, you know forget actual actions but like at least you know i want politicians to talk about climate crisis on a regular basis can it be you know part of their uh, you know political agenda no that's not happening it's interesting you say and this is a football show and a sports show but um, uh, it it is something that's going to have an impact on us we need a football ground right we need a football no but it it is a big it is a big topic that over uh, yeah it it affects everything everything and it will do and it's very timely that you raise this and um, because the COP22 is happening here in England in Glasgow I think it starts this week uh, there have been some announcements um, and climate change is big in England and in Europe. It's a lot of, um, uh, it's public led and the pressures mm-hmm. are uh, happening. Uh, but when you look at China, when you look at America, you look at Russia, and you have to say you look at India, is the yeah. public putting climate change or they're putting their immediate lives at the I forefront? Think, uh, are they not having this? Uh, the whole idea is that you need to reach a level of, um, you know, a certain benchmark for the society for st- uh, us to start demanding for rights. Understood? Like, we need to know what is good. We, know, we need to know what is right to start demanding for it. I think a country like India, we still... Doesn't it become... To, you know, sorry to interrupt, but doesn't it come from the leadership? I don't, I want, I don't want to get into the politics, but there's enough yeah, yeah, educated course. people there that know what's happening with our climate, or at the grassroots in the the villages, they don't know for obvious reasons. My answer was uh, completely, you know, with respect to the uh, people. So when we say the people aren't raising voice, at least I'm trying to say that we've got a bigger fight to fight, like, you know, salvation, poverty, education, that sometimes it's not up to the people to fight for climate change. Because we are not, we've not, we've not reached that state where We've got our tummy fulls that we can worry about something else. Mm. Politicians, absolutely. I put all the blame on them and them not, I mean, uh, I don't even know if I can blame politicians because who who funds them? It's these big companies and, you know, they can't do anything against them. And so it's, it's a big lobby, right? So I don't know where it begins. It's a chicken and egg thing sort of thing. Politician or, you know, big industrialists, both are equally, um, you know, culpable for what is happening. But the thing is, both are safe. Mm. If a flood comes, they'll probably have like a flood-proof house or, you know, they can go to their 13th floor in their house or whatever. It's not them who's affected, right? It's it's a common folk. So, but w- I, I've seen like, uh, sorry to interrupt. Um, I think as part of the Happy Anu um, project that they did in March, where we traveled the state for the elections, uh, we went to the tea plantation where there was a massive landslide. And it had been a year when we went there and nothing changed, practically nothing changed. They're still living in those, uh, you know, colonial, um, I mean, those houses were designed for slaves. 
and people are still living there and people are still not getting education people are still not you know being given uh, decent rights they've been protesting forever i know they got like a small salary hike and all but that also came at a cost and a lot of people you know going to the jail and what not so that's where we are at the moment so i do i will never blame the people for not really raising a, uh, you know a huge concern is there a um, is there any political will is there anything that supports them no right like um, you, know, you know do you have uh, solar charging panels do you, are they are gone uh, i mean there is a subsidy but it's a very negligible subsidy for solar uh, panels it, it's it's a it takes an effort and nobody you know nobody with power nobody who can make an effort is making an effort where do you stand in the um, the usual argument that celta the western powers have benefited from having used a lot of carbon uh, material to get to where they are and the so-called no, i'm not going to use and the developing nations are now using that to try and get to that level so the onus should be on europe on the states possibly not china if you're going to use that argument mm-hmm. uh where do you stand on that because it, that seems to be the pushback and um, when you look at the european countries the scandinavian countries are an exemplar uh they're the ultimate goal of where all nations should be. But to be fair to England, they're getting there. They put a benchmark most of European Union have. Where do you stand on that argument? Do you think the no, developing I, I nations... No, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's fair for us to say, hey, you've been looting the world forever. And now when it's our turn to loot, then, you know, you just... And it's not even like you stop looting right now. <laughs> you're still dumping your waste here. You're still, you know, when a ship needs to be broken, it has to come to an India or a Pakistan. Um, so, I mean, you, you're using us, you're using all the resources and putting the dump here and so, and then coming and saying that, uh, oh, but you're not allowed to use copper or iron or fossil fuel. It doesn't make any sense at all to me. But that said, if developing countries, I mean, we've reached a certain critical stage that while developing nations can say this, they should also realize that where will they develop into? Okay, okay, you you and mass money, you you know, do mass production and then what? If there is no world remaining for you to enjoy, what is even the point, right? So yeah. you create hundred cars if it has to float on the water, then what is the point? So yeah. uh, I think the leaders there also need to realize that while that economic uh, goal or that uh, pursuit is uh, justified in some sense, we have to understand that it's no longer 1900s or 2000s or 2000 it's sadly that because that's the kind of changes that's happening right uh, 15 20 years ago we didn't care so much about it but right now we are super scared about it we're seeing extreme heat waves in europe uh, uh, crazy rains here in in kerala it's just uh, completely unpredictable and these are the visible factors there is so much happening that's beyond our eyes under the soil uh, water resources depleting pollution so bad that the oceans are um, literally choking so so much happening there but yeah yeah i I, I think like you said at the start and i agree with you that we've we've gone past the tipping point and you see enough evidence around uh, what's happening throughout the world with the fires in the states or whether it's the heavy rain or and the weather that here i mean even in a country like this you notice climate change um but um the other thing is that if you do raise anything related to how people could support in a small way, do their own bit. You, oh my you know, God, I think I know where this is heading. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a shame that you can't have a conversation and um, just yeah. put an idea out there and 
um, I know uh, anybody says anything about India or anybody says anything about Leicester, you know, I'll be the first one up there defending it. But then you've got to see what the argument is and you've got to see where it's coming from. And you've got to have a bit of decency as well and uh, reflect on what's being said and not overreact. And that was my starting point of this uh, show uh, when I saw the reaction yesterday after the defeat. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, what can you say? It's it. Where do you, where's that coming from? I, I'm not talking about anything in general, but generally, you know, you can't say anything. You can't say anything, and that's the way the world functions these days. I think, and it's partly due to social media and how you know your opinion is the only opinion that should you know be allowed to exist. And um, and I don't know. So I mean, if you're just talking about my own. Um, experience in the past week about you know just raising a I think a perfectly valid point about you know a seed is not going to offset the uh, the the carbon footprint of manufacturing a jersey which includes dye and you know stitching and manpower packaging it in plastic and whatnot sending it all over the and India is a huge country if something has to be packaged from say Noida which is on the north and to, to somewhere in Kerala south that's a lot of transport on fossil fuel and, um, you know, all the other possible, um, you know, wastages that can happen in this process. So, uh, you know, I raised a point and mind you, I was very, very clever enough because I can't preach, right? I buy, you know, I buy a lot of jerseys. So it was at no point preaching. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, don't, don't go into this feeling that you are actually contributing to the nature by buying something. That's all I wanted to highlight. And you are not. You you are just a consumer. And this is a very perfectly legit marketing ploy. It's, it's just like giving free something else free. You would rather have like a tennis ball free, which is usable, than a seed that is most likely not, you know, that's not going to sprout, right? It's, you need, and uh, the second problem was that there's no mention about what species this is. Uh, this can lead to a lot of environmental impact where like a foreign species is introduced to your land and uh, so when something is being sent from so somewhere that is uh, very different from South India in terms of soil, in terms of uh, you know the, the, kind of, the kind of forest we have here or whatever, it's at least important that you clarify is it a genetically modified plant, is it this, is it that, there's no sort of mention and I sort of um, just wanted to highlight, I thought like just because you're a football page um, you can still do this, you know, it doesn't have to be always football, just like we're doing in this podcast. I mean, it all, it's not like, you know, there's football and then there's something else here, right? It's all mixed together. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure we'll be talking about climate change and impact in football in terms of the pace in which the football goes or whatever. Very soon, in the 10 years, something we will be talking about this and we won't be even surprised by it. Uh, or, you know, uh, I remember... I think some five years back when they changed the color to yellow for better visibility because fog and smog became a big factor in football. So these are all realities. You know, it's, it doesn't exist where sport is something completely devoid of politics or any other, you know, cultural impact. So I just raised this and kind of, you know, the kind of reaction I got was startling to say the least. Uh, people I was shocked. And, yeah, it's just, uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a culture that is uh, being encouraged, I feel. This just goes on, you know, how dare he speaks against our team. There's no thought, there's no second thought about, okay, maybe he's not even speaking against the team. This fellow is only having a contest where he is giving uh, Kerala Blasters jersey as a first prize. So, 
ఫ్లడ్ I was more upset by a lot of the so-called football experts or friends or whatever using this as an excuse to say hey but not all Kerala Stars fans are like this now that's my problem you know at that point you need to just call out whatever it is uh, you just need to call out the person who is abusing and just end it there rather they are more focused about you know the Kerala Stars fans yeah. name being tainted and all yeah. that so that's their full focus everybody is putting out tweets saying hey but like how dare you say uh, all kerala blast nobody is saying that it's just like you're not all men at it you know same um, you know same case right a lot of men do stuff which is why it gets branded as uh, a male thing and it's a similar so a lot of, it's not like uh, when we say kerala blasters fans are the best in isl we don't say you know rohit uh ramesh sumesh and 300 others are great fans right we say kerala blasters fans are mm-hmm. uh, so i mean a group sort of will become the uh, sort of a superset of uh, the, the fans there so I, i was really disappointed by that and sort of came to the conclusion it's really not worth arguing you know because when you mm-hmm. see sensible people when yeah. you see sensible people arguing like this that's when you know okay this this has to stop because you're not going to get any support they're more focused about you know you know my club needs to be pure or you know. and the funny part is that very evening i am having a sharma with a uh, with a friend from the club who works at the club and the club has no problem the club actually took the effort to go check if this is okay so somebody's tweet pushed them to you know go and check whether this is actually fine is the seat okay is it actually biodegradable so that's that's what you're supposed to do as journalists right we need to ask those questions so that they also do and everybody is happy like we have no problems i have no problem with the club the club has no problem with me but who are these fans who are these so called uh, you know people who you know just okay. it was very tiring especially when you do these things for absolutely no gain. no money no profit yeah, no yeah it's just uh, is there something you do because you care about sport and, and why do you care about the sport because you think a sport like football can make a huge impact in people's lives we've seen it with carl from the documentaries as well whatever documentaries we've done we've had like very far reaching impact mm. and i really believe in the power of sports i still feel like if um, i still f- i mean this is i think well documented how islamophobia has reduced so much since mo salah started scoring so many goals for liverpool right it's 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 that powerful right you know suddenly a muslim is the best player in the world everybody is an african is the best player in the world everybody just opens up to a lot of things and and that's that's a power of sports i know we've seen the ugly side with cricket and all that but it's the opposite as well right virat kohli is sort of empowering um the people who want to speak up against hate so it's a battle and sport is a very powerful tool and uh, and that's all i mean that's that's always been my agenda with the page as well but like when i see this kind of reaction i'm like why why even bother you know why even get into this which is why i'm thinking like i should probably stay away from the mainstream football club it doesn't make an impact in, in the ecosystem in any way uh, there are 1 million pages doing it 
you know, giving their analysis and stuff. So, and I don't intend to do it on a daily basis anyway. So might as well just stick to, you know, uh, documentaries of the grassroots and mm. not even bother in these kind of uh, engagements because I clearly don't win anything. And here's a set of fans uh, who clearly won't, you know, embrace uh, a difference in opinion. So I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe that's the best route for just, Kalpan in the future. Just very, very quickly uh, for people who didn't know the story, what was the issue with the seed and the shirt? Who, oh, as who, in, who, um, who, was, who was giving that? Very... So the, the, the Kerala Brazil Football Club is actually giving a, a seed which you can plant along with all the jerseys that you purchase. So it's basically buy, buy something which will come to you from Delhi all packed in plastic and whatnot and you will get a seed which they'll encourage you to plant and if it grows it becomes a tree and that way you know making the world greener and all that. I mean it's not... I'm not saying it's harmful per se with, I mean, there is a possibility of it becoming harmful, but it's just one seed. So very unlikely to destroy the ecosystem and all that, but it's still very, really unthought of. And in a country, I, I don't even, I don't know the rules in UK, but I'm sure if they did this in say Canada or New Zealand, they'll get into jail for this. This is not legal. You need the right permission for it. You need to tell the consumer what this is, how it is to be planted. Uh, you know, so it was yeah. a very risky move by Kerala Blasters from the earth side. But what I wanted to do was just point out, like, Highlight. listen, yeah, just yeah, yeah. listen to it, you know, there are certain Look at the bigger rules. picture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're quite right here. You can't just plant a tree. There's special areas where you're allowed to do that and you need permission for that. You can't cut a tree. I know the same rules apply in India about cutting trees. So, yeah, we are very strict here. You can't just... Uh, uh, plant a forest or something if you want to do it and uh, random uh, trees from abroad. Yeah, they're very strict here. I think most countries have that same rule when it comes to horticulture. Um, but yeah, uh, but I think um, what happened last week to you was shocking and disgraceful mm -hmm. and um, considering which angle you were taking. And um, I think uh, the reaction yesterday to the cricket just Amplified that. That <laughs> uh, the funny thing is that a couple of cricket shows uh, shows ago, I think it was during the IPL. I said never do two polls. If once involving Chennai Super Kings and in football, if it's involving the Kerala Blasters, because <laughs> just don't have any poll related to those the two teams. The power of yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you will. Yeah. They will win every single poll. I mean. It's it's it, but uh, at least I, at least in cricket, Mumbai Indians have at least some some fan fanfare. Not or, not the level of CSK. Not the not the level. It's CSK. it's a but different like at level. least RCB and Mumbai puts in an effort. Yeah, um, but I was saying but it's, it's, in it's, football football's just absolute condition. Is this our fellow countrymen from South India showing their passion? They're a lot more passionate than we sometimes uh, realize. Yeah, and it's also very, um, what do you say, uh, they're very internet savvy audience. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah the, both of them are really comfortable with internet. Everybody is using it. Like, yeah. So that's also a big plus, say, um, in say, certain parts of North India. Maybe that's not got the same level of penetration. And they are both uh, comfortable with English. I know it's a big generalization, but generally, Tamilians and uh, Malayalis are quite... Uh, comfortable with English as well. So that sort of gives them that a little extra leeway when it comes to, um, you know, mass attack <laughs> on the internet. Yeah.
No, but yeah. But I still remember. I mean, I, I, a friend and I were talking about the same, uh, the reaction that I got, and we were wondering. This is what happened to Maria Sharapova as well, right? It's like she said she didn't know um, Sachin Tendulkar and the kind of trolling that she got and the kind of stuff that people were saying. And it's perfectly legit for Maria Sharapova to not know Sachin Tendulkar. It's 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 fine, <laughs> but you know, people just. And, you know, I said more power to you and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's right. Well, uh, there's a comment here from Russian. Uh, Hello, Nevin. Does Kalpant has subscribers from Germany? I'm living in Germany and don't have an Indian account. So, okay. Um, I mean, is it regarding the newsletter? Yeah. Uh, and the, yeah. 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 I mean, we are actually setting up a PayPal option as well to pay so if if that's an option you can just dm me and we will take it from there on twitter there you go roshan just dm the main man and he'll sort it out let's build that view uh subscribe thank you so much for yeah thank you so much for taking that interest it, it, i mean google seller really means a lot for me right now because we're trying to get out very well it's, it's not only that it, it's it's the whole thing it's the videos you produce the articles you produce it's uh, all compensated isn't it it's not just yeah, Google yeah. but that is part of it obviously yeah so roshan i highly encourage you to subscribe dm the uh, main man and he'll sort you out and we can start building the community in germany as well and thank you for uh watching the show as well um Moving on to football and uh, what's been happening, obviously, last time we spoke, we were in the midst of a tournament in um, the Maldives. And, well, he did what he needed to do. He came back with a trophy. Um, oh, there you go. I have to share this with you. Roshan has come back. Obviously, he's watching live. So thank you for that. He's saying thank you to you. He's a Blasters fan and he appreciates your work. A big thumbs up to you, uh, Nevin. Thank so you, more power to you. Keep it up. Um, yeah, so the man keeps get, uh, producing when he needs to. Um, so what we said at, in the show was that, you know, if he comes back with a trophy, things will quiet down because you saw what happened after the uh, first couple of games and people were saying, we need a change, we need a change. We were calling out for a change on the show. But uh, I, I can't see any changes coming. Um, I think we have to stick with this until the AFC qualifies in June, I think it is. Um, did you feel a little bit better after the final victory, comfortable victory in the end, and a last game against, um, was it, who did we beat in the last game? Was it Nepal or something? Nepal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are similar problems, but, you know, uh, it was not also rosy during Constantine's stint as well. I mean, for people who were around, we had like the same cycle there. But then when he left, we were all like, oh, what a good coach. He understood and all that. Stamak has not shown anything uh, to uh, sort of justify uh, that he's going to do the same. But um, for one, if I have to say, you know, really dig out for positives, he's sticking with Manvir. So he's got a clear plan with Manvir up forward. Um, Yasser has been quite fresh. And the fact that he's been given a lot of uh, chances is also very encouraging. And I think um, our under twenty three boys have been playing really well. Yes, which yeah. means yeah, which very means, unlucky not to qualify. Yeah, very unlucky. And um, and it, I mean, C Mac was also there. So uh, I think uh, I think maybe uh, maybe given time, given the fact that now he's actually had to you know go through the teams, and maybe the fact that there's a lot of pressure uh, that we all put on him, maybe he will 
come out with a very good indian side because i think that main team is devoid of freshness um it's all like you know you know chetri bailing out all the time which will still have to continue for a while but we need that freshness we need be young young heads being thrown there and uh, maybe the under 23 and uh, the saf will be you know a, an eye opener for uh, a, a new india i don't know whether steemag has got the tactical ability to figure that out but at least i'm i'm sort of happy with the football i'm sort of happy that there are good footballers so hopefully we will you know figure out something maybe steemag will get help maybe steemag will finally be interested in the job and he'll say okay i know what to do here i was just not doing it and so he'll start doing what he needs to do but there is there is some glimmer of hope i was very happy with the under 23 performances so um you know i think um, there is a possibility of even like um, putting dheeraj as number 2 at some point um we need him to be the ideal backup for gurpreet as soon as possible and um, i know amrinder is a very good goalkeeper but i think it's time to like fast forward this under 17 batch um that we were really proud of at the the world cup now they've grown and i think this is a this is a wave that india can ride on so i think it's you know it's very important that we give them really important game time as soon as possible and um we've got hansi joining us on the show for the first time and he makes a very good point and something we said uh, prior to the saf uh he says if ego had any sense he would have taken the under 23s to the tournament and won it comfortably and and progress on the AFC under 23 qualifiers as well because they would have had their match proper match experience um but he, we we didn't take anything like that we knew this talk qualifying tournament was coming uh but hansi kush yeah we, we, we discussed this we did discuss yeah. this um, hansi and uh, uh, we were also really upset that a lot of uh, you know young players were not given this opportunity because in previous saf editions we've seen the likes of chante uh borges all of them emerged through the saf tournament so this is a very important tournament for discarding young talents and we came up uh, we came away by you know really not finding a, a new gem in the team so that that's a little sad um but um, hopefully you know um, hopefully they've learned the lesson and uh, and uh, you know at the end of the day um, a national team isn't just about you know fielding the youth and um you know you know this is not like a for the lack of a better example like a southampton project uh, this is more about winning and getting the results out so sometimes you can understand the pressure and uh, with regard to sending an under 23 team i don't know how cool an fsdl would have been if a lot of their isl you know marky signing might marky players are not taking part in a national team event so um as much as we like to believe that the coach is 100% say in picking the teams i don't think that's true and there's a lot of external forces there as well you know sort of pushing them to make these decisions so little bit of sympathy like a very minuscule amount of sympathy goes to stay match from my end yeah i think we missed the boat and like you said we did um, say that that should have been the way they should have uh, uh taken that tournament by taking the youngsters in but i think looking at the future with the under 23s um we've got good potential there and like i said they're unlucky not to qualify they finished second couple of good results against teams that we even the national team struggle with um so i think if if they if the federation is looking to the future the investment needs to be with this bunch and what's following them and 
yeah. more so Watch than the national that, team. That, that's also important, right? Because it can't be like, it's that post that batch, it's not like another batch is there uh, mm. ready to go. And it's not even like uh, we didn't have a good batch. Um, what was it? It was the under 15s that we performed really well. Uh, mm. So it, it, it's not like we don't have a, a good batch after this, but like it's important that they take part in as many tournaments as possible. Uh, I thought the women's tournament, uh, the yeah. friendlies that recently concluded was quite nice. Um, I mean, apart from the mishaps of, you know, bad coverage and stuff, I think the women oh. got a good exposure uh, playing uh, top teams. So it's important that we stand our under-17s, the current under-17s and the under-19s also, and keep a, keep a pool of players ready so that, you know, the moment there's an opportunity, there's, there's uh, you know, somebody there from our... Um, 19s and 23s ready to jump into the main team. So it's a it's a wave after wave. There's a big wave. There's a smaller wave. So that that's how it uh, that's how it runs. So hopefully, I mean, <laughs> we can all talk here all the time, but hopefully, the people who can make the decisions are also exactly. Yeah, it seems so common sense and so obvious what they need to do, but sometimes you know <laughs> it doesn't always apply because the women are giving all are are being given this all all this support because we know the AFC Cups in India next year, so they're giving this. Uh, yeah. uh, but after the tournament, that's when the test comes. What sort of support are they going to be given? Are they going to be given this uh, coverage and this support to go play outside India? Is the league going to be better uh, hosted? Uh, the Indian Women's League, you know, we have these dreams, uh, but uh, are the under 23s going to be think supported? I, I, I think right now the IWL dream is to at least make it last one month because this is right now like a two week tournament. That's just it's, a, it's a joke, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a joke to call it a league as well. Yeah, just, yeah. just adding a point before we miss it out. I am super happy and excited to learn that Anwar Ali is moving to FC Goa. What a what like uh, what is super story what a positive story for us because we thought this player should not be playing uh because of his heart issues uh, a few months back and to be fair he's... there's a, i think there's a person that we need to shout out who gave him that support absolutely. in his dark days absolutely uh, Bajaj is a, a legend in that uh, you know in that yeah front. no he stuck he, by him uh, when nobody else stuck, did and uh yeah. fair play to gave him the opportunity set it up in the right team yeah, um, you know, even uh, you know, I, I would say even anchored the team around him. Because again, I don't think Ranjit had anything to benefit from that financially Absolutely. or otherwise, yeah. or even publicity-wise. Yeah. He was he was getting yeah. bad publicity. So fair yeah. play to uh, Mr. Bajaj for doing that. And um, it's yeah, it'll be interesting to see Anwar play um, for Goa. And I hope he gets um, enough game time because he's going to be very crucial for that Indian team. He, he you can think he can get back team. into the team? I think he should. He should. I think he should because we don't have a good centre back uh, who who is you know good on the ball and uh, who's got like an aerial presence and he can take good free kicks. We need those people as well, right? We need those people who can bang in those goals from free kicks. So I I mean I'm really excited. I really hope uh, it works out for young Anwar and he's also very young. So hopefully hopefully we've got like a good defender ready and. Um, just like fingers crossed that this works out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing him play in the top league as well for a good team, uh, which is which makes a difference as well. Yeah. Um, just before we move on to football uh, closer to me, uh, the I League qualifiers took place, and uh, a surprise for me anyway. Uh, a team from Rajasthan has qualified 
into yeah. the I League. What yeah, was story? Um, complete, complete surprise for me as well. Um, a, a couple of friends actually play for the team. So, all right, I mean, okay. my friend from Minerva. Uh, so, those guys are now part of Rajasthan. So, I've been sort of monitoring. I knew this team existed, but that's it. Like, I didn't know how good they were. But they put out the dogged display and, uh, you know, got the results when it want, when it required. But that said, I think it's a completely unfair tournament. That's not how you should be deciding, um, you know, people entering the... We need a league. It can't be this, you know, this... A proper uh, second division. You know, yeah, proper second division. Or a third division, division yeah. You know, spread out and people can plan and strategize and... That, that's how a league should be. And this I-League qualifier business is just... I can understand it's it happened in the last two years because of Corona and something, but I hope this is the end of it. I hope it goes back to the proper second division. And uh, Do you think and um, I hope the, the finances... I hope the, uh, sorry, the, I hope the Federation... Yeah, that, that's what I was coming to as well. I hope the Federation backs them up because it's not easy to travel across India as a second was... division club and all that. So... Maybe maybe like a three venue setup where they're all camped together or whatever. But I, they should be playing more and it should be spread out more. It, this is not the right way. But very happy for Rajasthan. Mm-hmm. Um, very happy for the state as well to have yeah. like football representation from Rajasthan. Because I remember, um, you know, talking to Vivek Nagul, who is the head coach of ARAFC in Gujarat. And he was telling how, you know, that entire West is just dominated by... Um, Maharashtra all the time. And yeah. You know, the Rajasthans and the Gujarats never really got an opportunity. But here, hey, you know, Rajasthan is there. And uh, I'm sure Gujarat will be knocking the door soon. I'm sure the moment there's some big investor finally interested in football, I think maybe the Adhanis or, you know, somebody big is. Well, AR has been there and thereabout. Yeah. But I think it requires a little bit more money and strategy than just, you know, just a small team like that. So I think, yeah. I think the West is, uh, you know, I think interesting times for the West is coming soon. And it's not just going to be Goa and... Uh, Back in the Manchester. day, the Western Football Union was quite big, wasn't it? So, But no, yeah. absolutely fantastic to see Rajasthan. I just did not expect it because there were some... I was going to say... Very big, good teams big, there. big clubs there. Yeah, Delhi and yeah, Kerala Bangalore, were there. Bangalore United yeah. is very fun, well-funded and well-run football club. There's Delhi... Uh, Kerala United, very so clubs, Feb, yeah. they deserve to be there. And like you say, hopefully they'll somehow. I think I like the format of the Kabali League, where they t- it's a proper league, a lot of yeah. uh, matches, but they take it around um, different uh, venues. Yeah, I think venues, that could be yeah. an idea. Yeah, absolutely. But again, that will mean the Federation using a bit of common sense. But uh, we, 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 we live in hope. We live in hope. Somebody who's not living in hope and uh, a lot of. Um, uh, Promising is, uh, well, not promising. I was saying that there was a lot of promise, but uh, in terms of Tuchel and how he's making this Chelsea into a very formidable formidable team, if I can get the word right, because he came with a lot of promise and uh, he did struggle a little bit, but now the team is looking extremely uh, unbeatable. You know, when you look at the Champions League and the form in the uh, Premier League, he's, he's He's making the players that were struggling before into very, very good players and a formation that seems to be working. I think uh, I think that's what good coaches do. They improve players. So, I mean, would you have expected a Chaloba or a Saad or them to be producing these kind of performances? I, I mean, I wouldn't. And that is down to the fact that a coach is really working on these players. It's not just... And a system that really, you know, suits them. So... 
um, you know, I mean, Chelsea are blessed with good players, so that's probably made uh, um, Tuchel's life easier with I think Mendy, Rodiger, Christensen, all in their like peak form. I've never seen um, them defend so well. So that's it. I mean, um, I mean, touch wood. I I had a legit nightmare in which Chelsea considered two. So so I I really woke up one night and like oh, this is this is strange that the fact that Chelsea considered two. So. Uh, the defense has been super. I still think the attack has been off. Um, there's so much more potential there, considering the wealth of talent. You know, CH is not really worried. Pulisic is struggling from injury. Lukaku is not really, you know. He's injured. Uh, Lukaku was supposed to be challenging Salah for uh, the uh, top, top number of you know goals. But look look how far they have from each other. I mean, credit to Salah is that I think he's the world's best player right now. Oh, um, yeah, I think, um, and apart from that, I think Werner, all of them, I think Havertz, all of them have been like on their second year, third year at best. They've not really hit fourth year. So if Tuchel can figure out what is happening uh, going forward as well, I think this is a very, very good team. And, uh, I think it's got to uh, a stage where you can see Chelsea run, running away. And I thought this would be the toughest Premier League I've seen for, well, ever in terms of big four teams with really mm. good squads. But Chelsea is. I think Chelsea is uh, running away is partly being aided by a few other teams not really playing up to their potential. I don't think Chelsea have been that good that they are the standout favourites. I think uh, um, you know I think Liverpool's defence has been a little crazy, um, unexpectedly leaking goals. I think they just became so obsessed about the attack that sometimes they just don't care about defence. And um, you know, the likes of Brentford also got them. So. I think that's that's been their one small weakness. City has also been a little jaded for some reason, despite the plethora of talent. Um, the moment they concede, they seem to be like panicking a little. And Kevin De Bruyne doesn't seem to be no. like the the like the player he was. So I think and he's Sterling. on a decline. Yeah, and no, Sterling. And, and, yeah, so. But one team that uh, another coach that seems to pull out a result when he needs it is Ole at United. And you you <laughs> mentioned Tuchel how he has. He can, you can see the coaching that he does. Mm. And this is one of the big criticisms of Ole in the sense that you don't see the players improving. Yeah. And yeah. he pulled out a result that's cost Nuno his job today because it could have gone the other yeah. way. Yeah, if Tottenham had beaten United, I think this is uh, how um, things pan out in football. They could have been the other guy being sacked. Um, this but is, in, in some strange way, imagine if now that Nuno is out, Conte goes there. So United miss out on their well, you know, potential next coach as well. So <laughs> I don't think Tottenham's an easy job. No, no, you, no you've no. got the Especially main player. Danny Levy, yeah. yeah, plus the main player is just not. He's his head's been turned over the summer. He's not anywhere near as to what he what usually is. And for Conte to go there and try and... He will have to do a bit of a rebuilding job. So, he's not the job that Pochettino left in terms of the players and where Tottenham were. But anybody taking over United, I think it's got a slightly easier job um, in terms with, of... With, with the squad, oh my God. It's actually a very good squad. I don't know why. You know, if you look at Twitter, people will keep saying that you know United's really missing a, a centre midfielder. But you can't possibly, you know... What Fred was bought for what fifty five million? McTominay is a yeah. Um, then there was Van der Beek was bought for like forty million. I don't think and there is there is hundred million uh, Pogba. There is Bruno Fernandez was another what fifty million. What are you complaining? Like how can you? This is now on the coach, right? 
So the problem is you put a team with Bruno Fernandes who's not going to track back. He's immensely talented. I mean, it's sort of unfair for asking him to, you know, track back. And you're not going to get Rashford to do that. You're not going to get uh, any of these other forwards also to do that. Uh, not Ronaldo, not anybody, not Kamani. Kamani actually tries a lot, but in that system, not Greenwood. So you are, in some sense, asking so much front friend and McDonald. He's not good enough. And... and like, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for Fred. He is somebody who's starting football matches for Brazil. So, he's not terrible. I just think this is not, uh, he, is, he is not, say, um, you know, prime NDD or a McAlevey. It's it's not his game, unfortunately. He, he's I think he's more, you know, suited for a, sort of a box-to-box kind of a role. He's not bad. I don't think he's a bad player. I think it's up to the coach to figure out, hey, listen, I can't possibly play all these attackers. Or you create a team that is supposed to win 6-3, 7-4, whatever, where you go all out attack and you know you you can concede a couple of goals, but you will outscore them. You figure out something. This is somewhere in between. And the mammoth amount of you know space that United Center midfield gives is crazy. Because Pogba is also, you know, one day he's the best player in the world, next day he's so annoying. So um like uh, I mean at the end of the day, it's up to the coach, right? The coach needs to put his foot down if he has control. Right now, he just has a lot of individuals and he just places them and hope it really works out. Yeah, I think the criticism of Ole is uh, he's too soft. He can't say no to anybody. He's not he's, yeah. he's not got that ruthless side of him. And I think... I mean, uh, on any day, Maguire should be on bench right now, considering yeah. his few performances. He's, he's but getting... I don't think he'll have the... I don't think he'll have the, you know, the courage to do it. Yeah. Or play, play Lindelof, play Bailey. Yeah, well he, he gave us a couple of goals. Uh, I know he gave us eighty million, but he gave us a couple of goals when we played him a couple of weeks ago. So we were very thankful that but he But what was is playing. happening at Leicester? It's it's not really all rosy at Leicester as well. Right? Well we've just been on a four game unbeaten run until we played Arsenal. If you if you uh, obviously I was at the game and the man of the match by uh, a majority of the people was Ramsdale, the goalkeeper. Oh, if you saw his, his saves yeah. and a couple of misses that um, Vardy had a header that he would have put away. I mean, it, it could have easily been 3-2 to Leicester. I mean, first half they outplayed us. Our system wasn't working. Brendan changed it at half-time and we were all over them. But Ramsdale mm-hmm. saved him. He, I mean, that's why he's man of the match. And that tells you. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a lot happier than I was last time we spoke as to where Leicester is. Um, our players are coming back and Didi's back for fun. It's uh, coming back quicker than we thought. Um, and um, we'll get Justin's back in training as well. For fun, obviously, he won't be playing, but he's, uh, from by all accounts, he's going to be um, back a lot, lot quicker than what we thought. But um, okay. it, it, I'm... I'm a lot more happier than, like I said, four weeks ago. And uh, Saturday is just one of those days when the goalkeeper had a blinder. And you saw the saves. And you saw the free kick, uh, Madison free kick that he saved. I mean, unbelievable. That's incredible, incredible. One so, of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, he, he took a bit of stick, obviously, because he was giving some to the Leicester fans. But uh, <laughs> fair play to but the But he seems so. I mean... Arsenal fans didn't yeah. want him. Yeah. Arsenal fans didn't want him. Uh, but uh, Arteta seems to have faith in him when he's paying him back. Um, and we, the stats also back him up. He's apparently the second best in the league right now in terms of 
whatever Sassy the football so. Yeah, he's going through a good patch. Uh, mm-hmm. But we said, you know, who'd want the Tottenham job, and you mentioned Conte uh, or Conte. Would anybody want the Barcelona job at the moment? And who would have thought any if you said that a few years ago? Yeah, it's just uh, it's, it's a big mess, and I thought they should have just gone for some tried and tested Spanish coach and just you know just steady the ship a little bit. But Barcelona is too big as well. That's a problem with a lot of these football clubs. Uh, my brother and I were having the same conversation. Who do you get to replace uh, Ole at? Uh, um, at Man United, and we couldn't think of a name beyond Conte and maybe Gattuso, and and that's not really the answer, you know. It's not like Gattuso is so incredibly great coach or something. He's a great player, but it's not like he's done a lot as a coach. And Conte, he's a bit tricky character, right? He loses his uh, dressing room really fast. He has a you know he pisses off the management as well. So, um, and and that's a trouble, right? It's not like and. Because the clubs become so big that they need marquee, uh, marquee coaches, it becomes very difficult to find the right person for it. And, and in the end, there's like a, there's ten managers who have who fit the bill, and they're just doing this merry-go-round all the time. You know, look at somebody like an Ancelotti; yeah. he's just you know just been doing this merry-go-round forever. And uh, that's sad. We really want new managers to come in, um, and. I would have seen. I would have liked to see Ten Hag go there, but well, I I like what he's doing, and I kind of want to ruin that project as well. So, well, you, I think you, if he goes there, it'll probably be a big mess because he, he won't be allowed to do. He's been linked with Newcastle, and they're struggling to get a manager. I mean, with all that money as well. Uh, uh, but uh, with Newcastle, it's I think multiple things because one, they have to fight relegation first, so it's not easy. But I don't think the situation. I know they're not going to fight relegation, but the pressure of managing Barcelona with no money, with hardly any players, and they've lost Aguero, and that was really good that they picked up the heart issue. You know that he'll be looked after now. So, uh, but the problems at Barcelona are huge, and all caused by the financial issues that uh, they're not going to go out and buy uh, Galacticos. In this way, yeah, I think I don't know how much it is. See, somebody's like me sitting here and Coche doesn't mind make much of a difference. But I would think Barcelona is a much better city to live than Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so maybe that's, that's also, you know, a big, uh, you know, a decisive factor. Do you know, there was a quote about that um, because uh, people have been raising whether people want to live in Newcastle or big uh, supporters of uh, football players will move to Newcastle. And there was something about Man City when they started... Um, buying players and attracting players and they were saying that that time London was where everybody wanted to go I think Chelsea Arsenal mm-hmm. and um, I don't know who was being interviewed but they said if they mentioned the uh, Manchester as a city they wouldn't buy that player their conversation would stop just there you're coming to the club not to live it's not about where you live you're coming to this club do you want to come to the club not the environment and I thought that was, that was a good way of approaching things. To, to don't look at the club. But That's the only way of approaching things, unfortunately. Yeah. Because we can't possibly sit and discuss about, you know, I don't know what is there in Manchester. I've not been there. I would love to, you know, go and see Manchester or whatever. No, Manchester is a beautiful city. Just this, like I think with all this money and all that, they probably want to spend it as well. So. Yeah, but yes. I love um, Newcastle as well. And I've told you that before. The people are mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Brilliant and I, my idea night. of Newcastle is unfortunately based on that movie Gold. So, oh, so no. whatever I've seen in that movie is a very cold and rainy and 
know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's <laughs> it's it's uh, bathed in sun, but with climate change, yeah. that will happen in a few years. So, yeah, so <laughs> but it's yeah. a beautiful city. Uh, last shout out to Shubnam. He always joins us, and we've told him DM us. We want you on the show, but he's saying uh, happy Diwali to both of us. So, and he's saying nice to see you both. So, thank you, Shubnam. Thank you, Shubnam. And, uh, yeah, happy Diwali to you as well. But, my friend, it's the uh, end of the show. Uh, we've got through a lot, and um, it's been good talking to you, as always. Uh, we're going to take, well, I... From I, climate change to football, that's how, that's how we're going to title Well, this. like you say, things are going to interact. They're going to have an impact on sports. So, yeah, absolutely. But let's get some patience and some common sense and hear people out and hear what they're going to say and respect. I don't think that's very, I don't think that's very difficult. Don't abuse people, just... Yeah, like abuse the abuse the system, people in power, whatever. Not not abuse, but like you can question when somebody's but questioning not like individuals, or whatever. Yeah, especially when they were just raising an issue. I mean, thought... I, I mean, forget me. Okay, I I the other day I saw a video of um, Ole uh, going through an interview when he stopped that interview and he said, "Can you stop abusing me first? Yeah, and this is the manager of Manchester United. That's just not right. Like, it's just a human being at the end of the day. You can't just yeah, you know." Uh, just uh, I felt really bad for him at that moment. I said, oh my god, like he might be a really bad coach or whatever, but nobody, no human being should be, you know, going through that. And that's why um I saw like I said at the start there's some of the comments after the cricket match yesterday and I thought this is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Those players are human beings, they didn't lose on purpose. Um, and they've been going break. through a very tough time in these bio bubbles and you know traveling from country to country. Mm-hmm. I know they earn money, but that's not the solution, right? Just because you earn that's money, easy. you can't just say, "Hey, you've got money, mind just you know why why don't you just be happy and not be depressed or whatever?" Just yeah, yeah just hundred percent agree. Absolutely fantastic, as always, talking to you. It's set the week up. Uh, the football show is going to be off for a few weeks, but we will be back definitely for the ISL. Uh, but thank you as always my friend and keep what you're doing because I love what you're doing and as you see in the comments today there's people all over the world loving what you're doing so keep thank you so much, yeah. keep up the brilliant work and uh, take care and I'll speak Thanks, to you soon yeah. take care yeah. bye bye enjoy the autumn well I'm hopefully going to catch a couple of cricket games so you know where I'm going so but I'll catch yes. up with you soon my friend it's going to be sunny hopefully take care